Good morning, Fern. How are you doing? I'm still trying to figure out your face right now. <laughs> Do I actually look younger? You look 20 years younger. So you look like you're five. <laughs> I, I really look younger? I didn't know that. I mean, it's it looks, really odd. I'll be honest with you. It looks now, different. To it, me. Like, if you were walking around with Roz in public, I would be questioning Roz. I'd be like, listen, I think what you're doing here is illegal. <laughs> the small boy, the small boy that you have with, with next to you, <laughs> using as a sex her. slave. <laughs> People question her anyway, so the the shaved face is no different. It was it was actually, I was itching to do it, like literally pun intended. Like my face was itchy because my beard was just getting long and straggly, and then she finally was like, "Hey, you gotta shave because you're just a mess." And I did it. I've actually been contemplating growing a beard, which. My, so my beard looks as funny as you look without a beard. <laughs> you know, the, the intention I look was... Like the, I look like the guy from Team America, which is, this is a good segue. The, you remember when he glued the hair to his face in Team America? Yes. That's what my facial hair looks like. It's like kind of like Joe Dirt slash Team America. I think people forget your ethnicity, your background. You know, Fernandez is a pretty uh, big giveaway, but people forget it, you know, and... and yeah, you uh Yeah, but my dad grows a good beard and and you know, for years, even to like a couple years ago, he's like, if you just shave more often, your facial hair will grow. And I'm like, I was in the Navy for like seventeen years, dude. I had to shave every day. Like that doesn't work. I know that's like one of those old fallacies, old wives' tales. Like I I would get that. Like when I was younger, it was like don't shave because once you start it starts growing in thicker. I remember that from my mom. No. That's not how I not, think that works. Not true. Or else, I, my argument always used to be, well, then bald people would shave their heads. Exactly. Because it would grow back. So considering you shaved your beard or your face every day for 17 years, yeah, why don't you have this you know, desire to rebel against it? Why do you continue to stay clean shaven? Because of that? Probably because I grow a shitty beard. Yeah. 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 Well... You know, I'm I'm not sure what I'm gonna do. My when goal I say is, shitty beard, I'm not even. That's not that's an understatement. Meaning that I literally don't grow hair here. Like I can grow great mutton chops and a and a, and a legit goatee, but nothing in between. It's it's just like Joe Dirt, just naturally. You mean your hair just grows in all white and trashy like that? Uh, yeah, man, I guess. Yeah, like. <laughs> well, my goal was, hey, I'm gonna shave and potentially. By the time we're out of this lockdown, it'll be kind of back to the length I want it. But then once I shave, I kind of like it. I just, I can wash my face. I can, I do lots of girly stuff. Like I do masks. I do scrubs. None of that lots. shocks me one bit. Yeah. <laughs> well, one bit. I, I, I like it. You know, one thing that I want to point out before we kick into our topic is if you check out our Instagram, we've been posting all the social media clips from dropping in. So when dropping in officially launched earlier this year, we put up a lot of the clips, but now we're going back through while we have time, pulling out all the clips and re-airing the episodes on IGTV. So if you haven't seen all 10 episodes, which are officially out on YouTube, they're gonna air once a week on Thursdays at 11 a.m. Mountain Time, 1 p.m. Eastern. So if you want to check them out there, you can, but we're also putting all the social media clips out there. Just go by Eastern. Nobody gives a shit about Mountain Time. When do you think they decided to do like time zones? I don't know, but I'd totally be cool if they did away with them. So if they and did away with them. And daylight savings time. 
that, that's a little bit easier to do because it's only a one hour impact. But if they got rid of time zones, who would be the leading time zone? Wherever I'm at. <laughs> just fern FT fern time. It would just it would just it would just shift as I moved around the world. <laughs> right, because the challenge is like then we'd be in you know Australia or wherever I don't know somewhere exactly twelve hours apart. It's not Australia, but maybe like Asia, and it's di- I mean, you nighttime. You have to have time there. zones because that's where that it goes by the sun basically. So yeah, I mean time zones make sense. Daylight savings time is dumb though. You know I I. I don't follow much of anything, news, politics, et cetera, but time yeah, zones. I would agree. I know you're generally, generally uninformed. I would agree. <laughs> I'm very informed about two insignificant topics, uh, CrossFit coaching and the office, but where did daylight savings come from? I don't know. I literally oh, don't so know. You're not that, look at you. Not that informed either. I never said I was informed. But you, you, you want to get, give me a, remove this whole thing. I, from what I understand, maybe I'm more informed than you. Is it's a, it's a farmer thing. So they very well know, could be. Farmers wanted to have more time to, you know, handle their crops and whatnot. And then, but I know it must be confusing. Hey, Roz, do you know where daylight savings came from? She's ignoring me like usual. So that, that was it. That's why uh, she and I get along. That was, she literally looked at me and just kept walking by. <laughs> All right. Well, this is a the, stupid question. Let, let's talk a little bit before we dive into front rack mobility, just on the state of affairs, especially for CrossFit Rife, because you can speak on that now. You know, we've been at the forefront of this coronavirus. You and I really, you know, fighting it attacking it, doing everything we can, uh, you know, through our powers here at best hour of their day to, to handle this thing, you know, we you know, feel like no one else is doing what we're doing, but nevertheless, you, you kind of Virginia became under attack. Yeah, we shut down. And I think currently I, I try to have to control my anger when I talk about it. Currently we have the longest shutdown that I'm aware of, which is yeah, June 10th. So- so Virginia basically went from open. You were one of the last states. And Roz and I talked a little bit about this. The problem was, and not necessarily Virginia, but we were talking about you, is that these, these states that kind of chilled out are now the ones that are getting hit, right? So, is, Well, not is, really. I mean, the, we're getting cases, but it's not, I think, the total number of – So, and I do want to – I need to preface this because I feel like when I make these statements, people are just like, well, you don't care. Me stating any sort of statistic has no bearing on my compassion for people. Right? I'm just stating that if, if there's a reaction, if I'm stating this, I feel like that it is uh, either uh, unduly weighted or, or overly weighted based on the actual event. Right. So I, I do want to make that I'm not it's not that I don't care that people are dying. That's ridiculous. Like anybody who says that, like you're actually an asshole. You but um, you text me before the show. You were like, hey, just so you know, I don't care. If people are dying. That's definitely not what happened. Yeah, yeah. That was somebody else. <laughs> the so uh, I think I think in total, I think there's been about 250 deaths in Virginia. I think that's the most current number. I could be wrong by a couple, but uh, I try to stay on top of it. But so. Um, yeah, June 10th is the current date. And I know that uh, New York just had a dramatic draw, uh, drop off as well as Italy and Spain both had a dramatic drop off. And I just don't know how long this can last. And I've even had some conversations with my lawyer about uh, 
con like constitutional law with regard to the state. Meaning you're gonna be you're gonna be like the guy like we're gonna see a movie one day. I mean, like, listen, I, like I just don't like to some extent. I have uh, I I I think it's worth at least having the discussion. Is it even legal for the state to shut people down? I, I understand they're doing it under the guise of of uh, public health. However, you know, as we get closer, like if we get to the end of April and and we're not seeing uh, uh, like something that really requires a complete state economic shutdown, every day I become more and more dependent on the federal and state government financially in order to reopen. Uh, then yeah, I'm having a real hard conversation with my lawyer about what, what constitutional law with regard to what does the Virginia Constitution say? Is it an actual law or is that their recommendation? Meaning. There can't be a, uh, and I know some lawyer is going to crap all over me for this, but I do know this, like it's not a law, like laws are passed by, by legislature. And while the governor does have executive power, um, not necessarily to make law is my understanding of that. So, and so I just want to find out like, what are the repercussions? Like what are the actual legal repercussions if I were to reopen? you know, and violate social distancing? Like, what am I, like, am I actually violating something? So, or am I just going against, because, you know, I can go, people can go to the grocery store, they can go to the bank, they can go to, they can go to the park and exercise. They can go to the beach. Um, so that's just me. I think that's you know, relative I'm, to where you're living, right? I know if I think Florida finally closed down their beaches, this is probably the most we've ever, disagreed on a topic uh i mean we do agree we disagree about a lot of stuff and not like in a way that it's like we're fighting about not i'm not suggesting like when i say most i mean like actually on the furthest end of the spectrums yeah well you're just you're more risk averse than i am just in general like as a person like you you think so yeah 100 which is not bad you know well i know Uh, we have another friend todd who we both think is and he would admit he's been on the show numerous. He's highly risk adverse. Well, yeah, he's more right? risk adverse than you. Okay, so I was gonna say like yeah, we're yeah. on the spectrum. Am I? Uh, you're probably we're so like let's just say that I, like I'm not risk, I'm, and it's not that I'm not risk averse. I'm just a little bit more calculated about taking risks. So like I'm not like I wouldn't describe myself as flippant about risk like it's not that i'm like oh whatever it doesn't matter um so like let's just say the let's just say farthest right is like you don't give a shit i'm probably like center right you're probably center left and this has nothing to do with politics everybody calm down and then todd's like left right i would say yeah because i like to think it depends on the in the topic right like hey i've moved to two different states i've you know opened different businesses so i think they're it depends on, and like anything, even politics, right? You, you can be far left or right on one topic and then yeah. the complete opposite on another. Because yeah, this is, and, and, and in fairness to you and the listeners, I don't have skin in the game from a brick and mortar perspective right now. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, that changes a lot. So, you know, it does change a lot. Right. And I think that's just something I think everybody, and I was listening to a really good podcast with Mark Bell and, and they had to, if, and if you, everybody should go listen to both. They're both uh, the interview with Dr. Batar and then the follow-up interview. Yeah. Um, I, saw, I saw his post and he's getting, they're, they're heat. really good. They took a lot of heat for the Batar episode, but the, and by the, the doctor way, they brought cool on, is that last name? Butter. Batar? Butter. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so go listen to it. It's a great episode. And, um, 
you know, the, I think the follow-on episode is important because the the doctor that came on second was just was talking about analyzing where people are coming from, what their motives are, and the information that they present absent of emotion. You know, it's understanding that you know somebody who chose not to shut down their gym isn't a bad person and is not socially uh, irresponsible. You know, they just may be in a different position where they need to keep their business open. They have a mortgage to pay and stuff like that. And uh, the same thing where it's just like, if somebody mentions statistics and questions like, is this right? That doesn't mean that they're, they don't care about people dying. That's not the case at all. I think it's awful. I think it's terrible. I don't want anybody to die. I think, I, I think we should do everything humanly possible to protect them within reason, you know? So, so a couple of, you know, questions and I hope we do get to our topic but this is really interesting and I think it needs to be heard because box owners are getting you know a lot of backlash and while most are voluntarily shutting down I want to say most I, to be fair I don't know if that's true I just know based on what the morning chalk up put out like 90% of US boxes 90%. are closed which yeah. is like where are the other 10% I don't know it must be a probably in some rural areas or you know like there's not a ton going on in the center of the country to my knowledge so you know, but, but yeah, so anyway, my, my question to you would be one, if it's very hard to remove your emotion from this, but if you weren't relying on CrossFit Rife, and I know, you know, you Jess is in the Navy and I'm sure you have some sort of pension coming in. I don't know your entire finances. I know best hours like printing. I don't money. get any money from the Navy. Okay. But your wife Zero. is still, you know, active duty mm -hmm. and all that. So it's not your only source of income, but if CrossFit Rife didn't need to help you at all, would you still feel the same way about staying open? And secondly, if you were allowed to stay open just completely, would you, and what would you be doing differently? I probably, so A, I probably would. None of my wanting to stay open was had anything to do with like, you know, like we need to make this money. Yeah, I want to service my clients. And I do, I posted something the other day and I'm going to stand by this, that if we look at, I think it had to do with either, yeah, I reposted the CrossFit um, video that they talked about with a, uh, fitness as a hedge against sickness. They posted yeah. like a mashup of, gra of uh, pieces of Glassman's talks over the years. And what I put underneath that is that, you know, fitness is the independent variable most common, commonly associated with surviving chronic disease or, uh, or combating chronic disease or surviving catastrophic illness or injury. And that is the variable, right? Which is how, how well are people, you know, are they in that state of super wellness or not? Um, so it, none of this was me being uh, irresponsible or callous. It was very calculated in the sense that we're just not seeing people who are healthy and young have any sort of, and I know people that have had coronavirus and gotten better. Like, numerous at this point okay so it, for me i would have stayed open and i'm also and I, it's also worth noting that i'm tied into many doctors in the er scene here in the virginia area who are clients of mine right so for me it was talking to them and saying hey when you think that it's that i need to shut down i need you to let me know immediately and they're like 100 percent. they're like but right now not really enough risk to justify that up until the day the, the, the state shut us down. So I wasn't just on this bandwagon of staying open forever. Like if it's appropriate to shut down, I think you should shut your doors. I just don't see it at this point. I still don't currently see it. 
Um, now, so, would I be lying so, to you if I would I be lying to you if I said there's outside variables like I have landlords who want money? For sure. You know, I also don't like the fact that now I have to go to the federal government and get money that I didn't want to ask for, that I may or may not owe back. So, yeah, I have a lot. I, have a lot, I take a lot of issue with it because it could create some some unwanted repercussions for me down the road, which I feel a lot of people feel that way. And I've had numerous people who hit me up in DM and they're like, hey, thanks for voicing your opinion. And for the record, my opinion is not either or, right? I'm not, I'm not suggesting anybody open or close their gym. I'm saying you should be able to make that decision based on, you know, information. So if you close your gym, I'm, I'm for you. If you kept your gym open, I'm for you. As long as it was educated and calculated, you shouldn't just keep it open because you're just like, ah, nobody here is going to get sick. That's, that's, that's dumb. Um, you know, so I think, um, you know, there's a lot of factors in there. And I think there's a lot of gym owners. Actually, I know there's a lot of gym owners who close their gym by from feeling shamed socially. And that I don't think is appropriate. Any gym that did that is probably has probably since then been forced to close. So I doubt they've stayed Correct. closed. Um, Correct. I, I got a lot of questions that I want to ask. And, and I think one thing people you know, I'm putting words in the mouth of our listeners, but we'd like to hear from you. Is something you enjoy about this show, the fact that Fern and I are opinionated, but also I believe very open-minded. I think we're both very open-minded on just about anything in this world. Like there's, there's not much that you and I don't have an opinion about that we would argue. Like we're just not those people. And I'm wondering, you know, I think a lot of that just does come from our coaching experience. You have to deal with mm -hmm hundreds of different people and if you're just an asshole no one's going to want to be around you you have to be willing to be like hey i don't care about your you know anything your sexual preference to to this to that like it truly doesn't matter to me you know but i don't care but i can have my opinion on anything but you're, you're welcome to be you and whatever so, you want so that there's an interesting dynamic or kind of dichotomy going on there, which is, which is for me alarming. And I, and I think, I think why this is alarming to me should be clarified. I am the child of an immigrant from a communist country, right? So I'm fully aware, you know, like not personally, but via my father's stories about what communism so socialism looks and feels like so what i find alarming is when people start getting shouted down for just simply stating an opinion or a stance of some sort and people's and this is a lot of what mark bell and them talked about like i think there's a there's a a, a massive lack of ability to converse in society in general like doesn't even matter what the topic is like people just have lost the ability to converse from opposite ends of the spectrums politely meaning like hey we can disagree it's okay like i don't have to agree with you and you don't have to agree with me and neither one of us should shame the other one for being for thinking differently because we all come from different walks of life we've all had different upbringings we all have different experiences with regard to money and sex and religion and race and all those things and that's okay you know like our general lack of ability to listen i think is the problem and, and I would agree with you that I've gotten better at that from coaching, because if you're going to attack every scenario head on, you're going to lose most of them. Yeah. I mean, and I was thinking like where I became more open-minded, because even when I first started doing CrossFit, I've, you know, I've talked about it in the book, best hour of their day available 
on Amazon, Kindle, paperback, and also now available in Spanish. I've spoken about it. You know, I did not translate that, that for him, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, you know, I've, I've said like when, when, when we first found CrossFit, it was like very much CrossFit's the only form of exercise and you have to do paleo. And, you know, I've learned over the years that's, that's not a smart way to be. And I think, I do think part of it for me was being on seminar staff, of course, maturing and becoming an older, you know, individual, but seminar staff, man, it's such a diverse group of people that if you're an asshole, you're not going to make it very long. And it's also a diverse group of intelligent people. So if you, if you can't defend a stance of some sort or, or, or speak to it intelligently, you're going to get crushed because these are like, it's not about necessarily opinions. It's about an educated discussion Just be like, okay, it's cool that you believe that. Now my question is like, why do you believe that? Like, what, just so I can understand, not necessarily because I want to try to convince you of something one way or the other, but I kind of want to just bat these ideas around because I'm not, I'm not opposed to moving my stance. I'm not saying I'm going to bring it all the way over your side, but I'm also not at all going to uh, suggest that I'm not going to move a little bit more center or whatever direction that could be. If you have a compelling argument, like if it makes sense, it makes sense. It, you know, it doesn't matter what direction it goes in. Yeah. And I think for a lot of people, if you're listening and you're wondering if you are open-minded or you want to be more open-minded. I, I think back often about like what Coach Glassman said. I know it's not his quote, but when people talk about fitness and wanting a change, he'll often say, well, how's that working for you? You know, and I can tell you in 2007, 2008, it wasn't working for me being closed-minded and stubborn and arrogant, you know? So in, what do you got, a, a servant over there getting you coffee? I mean – the coffee that was just sitting literally in this in this yeah, but then you holder handed right it off yeah. to somebody. Who'd you hand it off to? There's a table right here. Oh, there's a table. It looked to me yeah. like you're handing it off like Cassidy, Jess, yeah. my coffee. Listen, my hot, wife please. definitely does not wait on me. No, no. <laughs> so, you know, it's just a matter of like, how's that working for you? Well, it turns out being, like I said, stubborn and, and, and a jerk off isn't, isn't really good for you. So I, I want... I, Two, you know, follow-up questions on what you're saying, because I like that. Fitness is basically uh, the independent variable most commonly associated with your ability to combat chronic disease. That's, that's what Coach Glassman, you know, paraphrasing him. So two, two follow-ups would be, there are cases out there that appear to be attacking young, healthy people. Mm -hmm. So what, you know, and Coach Glassman will talk about that as well. There's outliers. There's there's diseases sure. that happen. There's car accidents that happen where you could be the fittest person in the world, but this car accident is going to set you back. So right. what, what's your opinion on that? That I, And again, I'm not following it close enough, but I do see in my news feed here and there, this 20-year-old died or you know, this 40-year-old is much sicker than we expected. So, uh, so I, I don't have an opinion on it either way because I don't think that's enough information. So you just telling me that a person's age and that they died is the same as you telling me your weight without any other metric. You know, if you're like, ah, oh, I weigh 185 pounds. Well, what does that 185 look like? Are you 6'1"? Are you 5'2"? Do you have 10% body fat or do you have 48% body fat? So I just think there's more... Um, information that's necessary, you know, without diving, without getting that information, we do know that it, it is definitely in the vast minority of young people that are getting it. And then this, the following question I have is like, what does their actual health look like? Meaning if we're talking about 
health in the sense that CrossFit defines it. What are their biometrics look like? What does their work capacity look like? Because while they might not look sick, they may have some underlying, I, I know of a, I think there was a, uh, a young man here in Virginia Beach who, uh, who I believe unfortunately passed away from coronavirus, who was not old, like he was in his 20s, I believe, but he was morbidly obese. So, you know, and I think, uh, who's that? I think Carnivore MD, who he gets a lot of shade on Instagram too. You know, he's been, he's been banging this drum for weeks about the, the statistics with regard to insulin sensitivity and death rates in coronavirus. Like it's incredibly high, you know, for people that are diabetic or have some variant of chronic disease are, are not fending well, um, which again, no shock. I don't think anybody's shocked by that. Um, so, so, you know, I don't have an opinion on it one way or the other. It's just like, what information, like, what's the, what other information do you have for me other than their age, you know? Did they, were they diabetic? Were they morbidly obese? Did, were they hypertensive? Did, you know, are they insulin uh, sensitive or not? Like all these things that they matter. Yeah, yeah no, I, I agree with that. And we, and we don't know. And, you know, it's not as if doctors, I'm sure they, they are curious and they want more information. It's just, they're not going to figure it out right now. So if, if the government didn't say, hey, businesses need to be shut down, you'd be open normal business hours currently current state of effects here that we have in Virginia. Yes. So, so talk me through that. Like in my mind, this is what goes on in my mind. I want to hear what you have to say. My mind would be, all right, I'm in fern shoes. I'm going to open up. Someone every day is probably going to come in that has it. I don't think your members are assholes. I think if they knew they had it, they certainly would be avoiding public interaction and especially, you know, a gym, but somebody is going to come in maybe not every day, but all it takes is that one person who has no idea they have it to spread it to your entire members. So what's your thought process behind that? So I think this is where education helps. So I'm looking up some stuff here real quick. So no, that's not I mean, I think ultimately while you look that up, that's, that's really what the government's at, right? Hey, you know, 97% of people are going to get sick, but survive yeah. or whatever that so, percentage is, a huge portion of those people are going to have correct. very minor symptoms, if any. But so I think a, you, I think you look at the data, right? And I think you will, okay, what does my general population look like? They generally look like, and this is, this is, this is stuff you can just pull literally out of Wattify. They look like 25 to 35, predominantly female. I mean like 55, 45%. And there are some people there that are in the healthcare field. Okay. So like, where are my high risk folks? Don't have a ton of the older folks. If I had some older folks, Hey, I think you guys should stay home. I'll do anything I can to help you. Maybe I'll come to your house. Maybe we'll figure out something else, do some personal training. My folks that are doctors, firefighters, nurses who are going to be in constant contact with the likelihood of them contracting it, not necessarily uh, dying from it if, if they fall in the young and healthy category, which they do, most of them, if I'm thinking about all the ones that I know and I have about a dozen, the, the, then they could still spread it, right? So remove that and then practice social distancing where I can have a class of 15 people here where we can keep six to 10 feet away from each other, remove tactile cues, um, and, and, let me mitig and mitigate risk. And mit I mean, mitigate risk. I, I don't. I don't doubt that it would mitigate risk. But in all honesty, if one person walks in, I don't think. I don't put this on you, but I don't think any box can practice good enough social distancing that it wouldn't spread. 
Well, it depends, right? If some if people are not coughing all over each other. I just mean like, I obviously I think the idea, and I think this is changing, but it's a six feet, right? If 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 the idea is one hundred percent mitigation, then the answer is absolutely no. I can't do right. that anywhere. Right. They can't even do it in the hospital setting. So, the, that the expectation that you could somehow do it everywhere else is ridiculous. Can I mitigate it as much as possible with increased washing of hands, wiping down equipment, cleaning everything on a daily basis, practicing social distancing, figure out who is at high risk and who is not, and then making educated decisions on that. I mean, that's no different than doing kind of like some sort of tactical logistical analysis about like what is the safest means of, of getting this from A to B while mitigating as much risk as possible, but the, that thing still has to get there. You know, and the reality is like people still need to stay fit. Now, can they do it at home? For sure. Um, you know, and this is all before we have the conversation about like what is the risk reward of shutting down the economy? And, you know, based on the way things are going, the the risk of shutting down the economy is is, in my personal opinion, significantly greater than what we're currently seeing with regard to the coronavirus. And again, I can have that stance while simultaneously acknowledging that coronavirus is dangerous for a very specific population who basically fall in the sick and old bucket. It is hard. It's a little hard to compare, right? It's hard to say that the shutting of the economy down is harder or worse than what the coronavirus is currently doing because, because we should, because we shut it down, but we've also shut it down. So it's, it's hard. We'd have to go the opposite direction and be like, Hey, let's not do nothing to anything and see how the economy reacted right well, yeah i was, ne- I was never it. suggesting i was never suggesting I, all the way i was never suggesting not doing anything and i was never suggesting shutting down everything my suggestion was something that lies in the middle so now, what how do you I, do that you know right. socially well it's it's challenging i'm not even suggesting that that's easy to do um but you know here, here's the reality at the end of this we're going to find out whether it was worth it or not you know we're going to look at the total expenditure economically in amount spent and amount forfeited in the in the total totality of the world and we're going to look at lives lost and that's not to say that somehow i can equate money to lives lost like you cannot do that and nor should anybody try to do that but the reality is like people die every day and i know that sounds very crass and it's not to and it's not to mitigate loss of life but at what expense are we doing that, right? Does it make sense to, to, to put the rest of the world at, at risk? And when I say risk, like there is risk for shutting down the economy. You know, when, when, in, when unemployment jumps six and a half million people in one week, you're going to be hard pressed to convince me that alcohol consumption, drug use, depression, and uh, suicide, uh, suicide, and uh, what's the other one I'm looking for? Um, abuse isn't going to go up it's absolutely going to go up and well, again yeah, that, how do we quantify that you know like so there's all sorts of crazy stuff that goes in there due to sickness you know and and really i agree with what you're saying there like that's something that is being overlooked in my opinion like mental illness right anyone that suffers from that that their job is what gives them value or i mean without you know they're on the streets now but there are definitely people that are losing their home and losing their place to stay so i agree with that what this here's one first question if you had it if you were like okay i have it 
Would you still go in? Would you still coach? No. Okay. No. I'm also I'm also convinced that I had it in January. To be honest, I am, dude. That's something I, I never. I never get sick. Now I'll give everybody the chain of events before this. All are Jess and I actually talked about this morning. Jess was in Norway for two weeks. I know you remember this. She was in Norway. Yeah. She traveled back through multiple countries to get back here. She got back. She was sick. Then both the kids got sick. Then I get sick. And just for the record, I never get sick. And when I say never, I've been sick since like the eighth grade. And this was like, I was sick, sick. I was on a gig that I almost pulled off of. I was so sick, like staying up at night, sweating, all sorts of stuff. My daughter was in the hospital for two days with pneumonia. So did we probably have that? I think so. We didn't get tested for it, but I think we did. Based on all of that, I'm like, she was outside of the country at this time, you know, in the hospital, you know, so, or not in the hospital, in the airports and all that stuff and probably brought it back because well, coronavirus is not new. Like it's not, it's not, it did just pop up. Like it's not a new thing that was just developed or found. Well, they're saying it's been around since like 1963. Well, coronavirus are basically the catch-all for what, like common colds, right? This novel COVID-19 is the specific one that supposedly started in China at these wet markets. But I agree with you as well that I, I am convinced I had it in December. Uh, my buddy Andrew, like Andrew Charlesworth was here. He was staying with me and he had something. And I never got like the body chills or anything, but I... I had a respiratory thing for like two months after that. Yeah, so did I. You know, it was, it was, and that's why I'm saying uh, there's probably a ton of people. And I remember the, at least in Virginia Beach, this just ran through everybody for two months, you know, starting like in late November until January when this started to come about. All the kids at the gym were sick and people at the gym were sick. I mean, everybody was sick. Like every, like the whole, like everybody I knew was sick at that point. So I'm not really convinced that we weren't like super late to the game in identifying this and not like in a bad way, meaning like it for most people, when I say most people, like 99%, it just manifests itself as like a severe cold or flu. Well, I was thinking about it because I was like, okay, try, I was literally like brainstorming like, okay, if I did have this and like use you as an example, you worked a gig. Did everybody at that gig get it? You know, so if it were the this virus, wouldn't it have spread just as fast as they're claiming it does? If it was in fact that infectious, you know, which again, we don't know. Like most of what we're dealing with is speculation it, or it's not speculation. It's best guess based on data that is known currently, which is getting updated every single day. You know, so people that are, you know, like all oh, the models are wrong. Well, models are always wrong. Like that's why they're called models. You know, they're, they're always like now by what degree are they wrong is the question. And, well, that's totally dependent on the data that goes into the model, which is why when you have a model like the ones that they're running, they're getting updated every single day. And if you watch the uh, I think the the projected um beds needed uh for icu or, or respirators came down by like tens of thousands they're like oh yeah yeah we totally overshot that and it's like yeah because we got more information so you know i mean this i just i you know he, at, at the end of the day here's what i hope i hope that like nobody dies and this all goes away as soon as humanly possible that's what i hope for i'm hoping to like be right or any of that shit like i don't care i want to go back to normal life with as little risk as possible and hopefully nobody that i know or myself gets it and has to deal with it. You know, like, that's what I hope for. I'm not like, 
trying to rub anybody the wrong way, but I got my life and you got your life. So let's all like be polite. All right. So my last question on the subject at hand, what would it take for you to think shutting down the box is the right thing? I, I think, A, I would talk to some people that are way smarter than me, like some of the doctors that I work with. I'm like, what I are talk you currently? To, you want, I can talk I to said way smarter than me, like intellectually, <laughs> you know, emotionally, everything. Um, I would talk to them and say, what are you seeing? And if they're seeing something that is uh, incredibly scary to them, which I have not seen or I have not heard from any of the medical professionals that I work with, meaning it is just on a whim killing healthy people just you know like meaning like younger people that are by what we would consider like if for instance if like if either one of us got it and then just drop dead three days later i'm worried like that's not good and it's not to say that i'm not worried when a 95 year old gets it and dies from it but again is that unreasonable is that outcome really shocking to anybody that somebody who's elderly who's already at high risk from dying from any infectious disease or a fall or anything like that dies from getting what we now know is a pretty highly contagious virus that we don't have a vaccine for no it's not weird it's tragic but it's not weird yeah i, I mean i think that you know comes down to a, a smart thing to do at any point is just talk to someone that knows more than you about this. Yeah. So, and that's why I went to the doctors and, and she was and the, and the doctor I spoke with super smart. She's like, listen, if I start seeing things and she's the head ER doctor, like she's the head honcho in this area. She's like, if I start seeing something that would suggest community spread, that seems to be very alarming, then I'll let you know to close the gym. And I'm like, cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. And I talked to her almost every day up to the point when we closed. Well, let's, you know, I think we've talked a lot about that. I, I think hopefully people are listening and just, uh, you're educating us, right? Even if you agree or disagree with Fern, you, you can't argue that he's coming from a, a place of, you know, at least critical thinking, but l let's take it. And to by the way, like if, if you transplanted me and put me somewhere else, I would probably have a different opinion. You're, yeah, like if I you're was based out of Virginia Beach. Yeah. And if I was in New York, I'd be like, everybody should stay inside. We should, we should shut this place down. Based on what I know about New York, I don't live there, obviously, but like if 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 that was the case, and I was in New York or somewhere else, or Seattle, or one of those places, like or New Orleans, yeah, I would have that opinion because that makes sense. But this this idea that like what's appropriate for New Orleans or New York, places with incredibly high population where everybody lives on top of each other, really really high, uh, high instances of homelessness and poverty, where hygiene is not great for obvious reasons, that makes sense. But if you live in rural Missouri, where your next closest neighbor is 10 miles away, and you own a tackle and feed shop, I don't know that it's necessary for you to shut down your business. So, but let's bring it to the business. What are some things CrossFit Rife is doing now? You know, we've, we've had a few episodes on this. We've had JP on ranting to make sure you still By the way, we're definitely not calling this episode front rack position we'll have to cover that yeah later we'll have to yeah. uh yeah <laughs> postponed so what so is what are we doing now doing? yeah so we are running virtual classes uh you know we talked about that with cassidy in a previous episode but we currently have shifted towards like we're going to be doing um 
online services. So uh, I'm almost done building it out, but we're going to be moving towards essentially what is the, the extent of like online personalized coaching. So each coach is going to get a pool of athletes. That coach will be responsible for those athletes with regard to checking in on a weekly basis, getting them on a nutrition plan and discussing any th issues they have with regard to their training protocol for that week. Uh, what equipment do they have? How should they modify things? How can they improve their movement? And we're going to ride that. And um, now when we built this out, this is going to be, these will be offerings that will be available because they're going to cost a lot more when we come out of this. But right now what we're doing is we're offering increased value and in service at no additional cost to our members. And then when we come out of this, then that will now be a new pillar of the business. Now, and I'm not trying to, and this is where I go back to kind of, I really appreciated JP's uh, view on this. I'm not right. shifting my business. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, it was a view. It was a great rant. I really enjoyed it. I feel like I should, I would have been a better person to interview him than you, but. <laughs> he just um, went off and I, I loved let him it. go. I thought it was great. Um, and I thought he was spot on in a lot of things, but I'm not, I'm not looking to shift my business towards virtual, right? Like what we excel at is in person here on the floor. I'm not trying to abandon that. I'm trying to make this potential loss into a win, you know, like make it a net positive. So there's a lot of things we're revamping. Like we're getting ready to, I'm getting off this phone call and I'm getting on a phone call about like revamping the website and how we do all of that. And our, um, and our new client intake process. So I'm using all of this time to address two things. What can I change immediately that needs to be fixed that I would not otherwise have downtime to do? And then what do I want to change? What do I want my business to look like in the future that probably would have taken me six to 12 months, but I could probably some get up and running, not necessarily perfect, but good enough and workable in the next 45 to 60 days. Yeah, I mean, because you have, you have almost ninety days, really. That's if it holds. It's going to end up if from this from the day they turned it off. If they actually go to June tenth, it'll be like seventy five days, which is completely insane. But whatever. So, are you finding that these new, you know, protocols and and systems that you're putting into place, your members are enjoying them already? Are they commenting on well, it? Are they? They're in, they're enjoying a lot of it, but we haven't. We're going to launch it this week, so. Um, the, I think every gym owner knows this, like virtual classes are good for a couple of weeks. And then at some point, like people are not going to continue to for a service that they don't get now. So some gym owners are probably getting this one and be like, Hey, I haven't been able to come into the gym and use the space. So here's where you need to have a little bit of a mindset shift. People do not come into your facility to use the space. They come in for a service. You can still provide that service absent of the space. Now, I will tell you, it's a lot more work, right? Because I typically have 10, 15, 20 people on the floor here, and I can provide that service to all of them in a group setting. This is now a one-on-one -on -one setting. So you have to divide and conquer there. But I can still provide the service, and to some extent, probably in a more individualized basis than you were doing it before. So figure out how to provide that service. And here's what I'm here to tell everybody. It is not via running group virtual classes. That's a short-term Band-Aid. That is not the answer to your current problem. Yeah, but I mean, what do you think, you know, JP just kind of went off and said, you know, take care of your box and don't push everything to online. What are some of the, maybe what are two or three things a box owner, I felt like that was the one area JP could have added more value. Like 
So a couple like one-off items. So first thing we did, we've been over the past week, I think we've gotten a, at least 50% of the gym handwritten notes to literally everybody who kept their membership on. So and now is that something you're going to do consistently? I mean, it depends on how long we go, but there's other things I'm going to do in there. So I've just got a free case of O2 from, from those guys, and I'm probably going to deliver those along with uh, T-shirts that were pre-ordered that need to be dropped off to those people sometime in the next week. So I'm going to get that interaction one way or the other, right? So, so handwritten letters, you're not only thank doing you for your support. Letters, but you're meeting with some of these people. Well, the ones that ordered T-shirts. And some of them I'm bringing them in. So if anybody hasn't followed CrossFit Rife to look at some of the videos that we've done with regard to like workouts and trying to get, you know, produce some content that I'm going to use later. I'm, I'm trickling athletes in who want to get in the gym. I'm like, hey, hey, who wants to do those three workouts this week? So if I can get six people in a week or people want to come in and use the sauna or something like that, I'm bringing them, I'm giving them access. We're also going to be running workouts outside this week. You know, so you, so, so two things, I mean, those are kind of like newsworthy things. You're actually still letting people come in and work out. Not in a group setting. So like, we're not necessarily open for business. Like we're creating content. So like when I say, oh, letting I people come in, saying. when I say letting people come in, I'm like two people and yeah. I'm going to shoot video of those two people. Like right, we're which creating is totally content. within the rules and laws. So don't anybody get worked up about it, but yeah, no. Okay. So that's cool. And and then in addition to that, you're going to do some stuff outdoors. I'm surprised more gyms aren't doing that. I know well, there's the whole Well, I got this idea. Thing. Well, I'm not going to call this person out by name because I don't want to get anybody in trouble. But I got this idea from another trainer who was like, yeah, we're still running workouts outside because that's okay based on the guidance that was given because people can go to parks. They can go to the beach. I don't know how my parking lot's any different than that. So we're going to do it today because people are dying for social interaction. So we're yeah. going to give it to them. Just stay six feet away from each other and be outside. It's fine. Yeah, no, I think that's kind of a cool idea. I mean, if I had a box, depending on what the rules were, yeah, maybe you find some outdoor space, you limit the class to six or even eight, and instead of having three evening, you know, you might have to have more classes and you might have to limit it to, hey, you can only come two days this week, but there's certainly potential there. And they could even, if, if, with that being said, you could have a, you know, you have to keep the equipment in mind, but you can bring a few kettlebells outside or a few dumbbells. Or well, we even told, a you know, because we, well, we gave everything away. So we told everybody, I'm like, bring what you got. The point is not that we have this incredibly well-programmed workout. The point is like to get with other people, you know, safely and get some social interaction while practicing social distancing. So, you know, if social distancing doesn't necessarily mean isolation, but I think there's a little bit of confusion about that, you know, so um yeah, safely, so right like they, they kind of say like hey social if you don't have corona you should be practicing social distancing if you have it you're isolating and there you is be a isolated. difference 100% right? there's, there's a, there's a very big things. difference so, so those those two things and then putting together this program that we're gonna try to over deliver so think of it like this i i want to give you know three to five hundred percent value in this time frame so that people are like oh yeah i'm definitely going to keep this because you're still providing me all of the value minus the space because again it's not about the space if people are only paying you to get access to your space then you need to listen to every podcast that we've ever done from one until 207 because that's not what people should pay for if you suck so bad at service that everybody just jumps ship you should just run 24-hour open gym and reduce your overhead in coaching yeah have less of a headache too so yeah you know you mentioned the cards but give me one more thing before we sign off that's like hey you're a box owner 
and you can't be doing these outdoor classes for, you know, the rules in your town, or you just don't feel comfortable doing that, rather than only focusing on this push towards online, what else can they be doing to prepare themselves for June 11th or whenever their box is going to reopen? You should look at all of your systems and procedures in your gym, revamp everything that needs to be revamped, as well as like going through your gym, be like, hey, what's broken and needs to be fixed right now. So you're not going to get this two month or this 45 day window again, where your gym is just shut down. So don't look at it as like, okay, this really sucks. Yes, it does suck. Now move past that. What can I do that would be productive in this time frame? You need to create great. You got 12 hours a day to produce content. So get to it. You need to replace the stuff in the bathrooms, get a wrench, get your ass to work. You need to start touching base with people that you haven't talked to in a while or start putting together some email campaigns, get your fingers warmed up and start jamming on the computer. There's so much shit that can be done that people are always complaining that they don't have time to do. Well, do it now. Like, don't be woe is me. You know, I was reading something the other day. It was just like, it was like, Hey, listen, your self pity is not helping you and it makes you annoying to be around. So don't mm -hmm. be that guy or gal, you know? Absolutely. All right. Well, how about we talk about front mobility, front rack mobility next time? Done. We do have a lot to talk about with that from, you know, how do you improve it to do you even need to improve it? So we'll, we'll chat about all that. Any, any last words about what's going on out there? You know, who knows by the next time we record, we can be in a completely new set of circumstances. Yeah, either the world will have end or they'll have lifted the ban. Who knows, you know? But I think, I don't think there's any bad ideas out there. I think you should be trying everything. I don't, I don't think, like, there's no right answer for everybody. You know, you should evaluate it and be like, can I do that? And then what would be, what would my members find valuable? And then go full steam ahead with that. With the end in mind, not just like, hey, how do I patch this, you know, to use JP's analogies, like, it's not just about, like, this little hole in your boat. Like, it's about, like, what, like, what do I need to do moving forward after this? And I like that little Stephen Covey reference. So, you know, begin with the end in mind. I like it. So let's wrap it up. If you guys have questions, comments, concerns, certainly hit us up, email us, best hour of the day. Or if you day. just hate me for my opinions, you can yeah. put those in there too. <laughs> if, if, you, if you hate Fern, just email him directly. I don't need to sift through, through all those you're, emails. You're, you're uh, Switzerland, right? Like you're neutral. You don't like to rub anybody the wrong way, you know? No, you know, I don't mind rubbing people the wrong way. I, I you know, going back to our chat on open-mindedness, like at first, all of my information was just coming from A, fear, B, social media, and C, whatever I don't really watch like regular television, so I don't ever see the news. I don't either. Yeah. So, you know, it's kind of just what I'm hearing. I'm like, this is stupid. You know, and my mom who sends me like every bad news article only, right? <laughs> who also sent me a map. By the way, they're in New York. So, I mean, are they okay? No, no, they're in Florida. Are they, they're in Florida. Oh, that's right. They live. That's right. Yeah. And they're, you know, I'm, I'm you know, concerned for them. They're older. They're the population that would get sick. Um, my parents being, are too. Like I was concerned about my parents. Yeah, but they're, they're being smart about it. Plus my mom is like, so stubborn, she would never die. So my parents has been sitting out on the pool by the pool for the past week. Yeah. So you know, I'm I'm not super informed. And again, I I have a I do believe the opposite of you, to on some of these topics. But I'm open enough to be like, hey, you're not completely wrong on it. Um, but you, we we've already talked long enough. If you want to ask me questions next time, we can do that. Yeah. In the meantime, and. And I could be wrong, right? Just like anybody could be wrong if you plopped them up and put them somewhere else. Like just because I could be right or wrong here doesn't mean that exact same idea 
can't be right or wrong somewhere else. You know, so I think just context, you know. Agreed. But what I was going to say is, please, if you haven't already, I have two favorites to ask of the listeners. Leave us a review on iTunes. Uh, we, we've gotten tremendous feedback. We've got over 160 reviews now. But the more reviews we get, the easier it is to share this podcast and the easier it is to get great Can guests. we get 200 reviews for 200 podcasts? Can we just get that? Yeah, I mean, I feel like the fact that we've pumped out 200 podcasts in one year, one year. is overlooked and it should be something that CrossFit.com talks more about. But we've got some great podcasts that have just happened. You know, JP's podcast was great. We had Mark Bell on recently. Ferns had some great people. I mean, don't overlook someone like John Briggs, a big deal in this community. And we've got some upcoming special ones that uh, I don't want to announce yet because I'm not 100% sure they're going to happen. But we've got some big ones coming up. But check out our Instagram as well, at best hour of their day. If you haven't already, please watch the episodes of Dropping In. We spent a lot of money on that. And best hour of their day is just a small little company. So we hope and you enjoy And tested it. our fitness. Yeah, so. And yeah, so, so check those out and please share them with your friends and, and family. And, you know, while you're down in this quarantine, you got nothing else to do. All right, Fern, we'll talk next time about front rack mobility. Hopefully. Thanks again for listening to Best Hour of Their Day. And thanks again to our special guest. We appreciate all you guys do for us with Best Hour of Their Day when it comes to sharing our posts on Instagram, when it comes to subscribing to us on YouTube, when it comes to the constant feedback. We are grateful and we appreciate it. We are trying to build a community based on coaching development and becoming the best version of yourself. And it goes without saying that we couldn't do without all of you. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. Season one of Dropping In is out. We are getting tremendous feedback and we'd love for you to check it out. Leave us a comment on there. Head over to our Instagram. Give us a follow. Like our pictures. Feel free to share anything that resonates with you. And if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or feedback for us, Please don't hesitate. Email us, besthouroftheirday at gmail.com. Thanks again. Until the next episode, we hope you've had the best hour of your day.